This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book is titled Aunt Mitty Goes to Church. And joining me from Mississippi, a lady who I think is familiar with church, otherwise she wouldn't have written the book, the author, Melinda Marie Moore Johnson. Welcome, Melinda. Thank you, Mr. J. Well, it's a pleasure to visit with you. Uh, as I uh, talked, uh, visited with you before we started recording, I mentioned I've been in Mississippi. You're near the Starkville area, which is a, a beautiful part of the state. You uh, you have written a book that I'm sure is uh, very, very important to you, and uh, it deals with, uh, with church, something that's very important, I'm sure, in your personal life. Why did you title it Aunt Mitty Goes to Church? Well, Aunt Mitty is a name that was given to me by the late Miss Susan Nichols. Uh, she used to always call me Aunt Mitty. Uh. And when my mom died in 2000, July 2003, uh, the Lord brought all this, these names back to me, this name back to me, Aunt Mitty. And he told me that he wanted me uh, to write a children's book. And I, would, uh, I felt like it was going to be a problem for me. He said, no. He said, the, Holy, the Lord told me that the Holy Spirit would lead me to write this book, and he did. And after my mom died and after the film, I, well, before the film, I wrote a poem. I started writing poems first, and then the book came along after the poems. Your, your book of dedication, uh, the front uh, front page has, uh, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 people that have been important and inspirational in getting your book written. You you uh, are called Aunt Mitty, and uh, your book is uh, 22 pages in length. The illustrations are wonderful, and uh, certainly embracing a culture of, of church and prayer and other things that are important to you. What did you want to share when you completed this book? What was the motivation to uh, to get this message out? Well, like I said earlier, it was this book was a, to appeal to the young generation of children. Uh, while because when I was growing up and learning how to develop a relationship with the Lord, uh, I needed to, uh, a, someone adult to shadow my life, and I was you know the ninth child out of eleven children, so I really didn't have much to do around the house in the seventies. Uh, because we wasn't rich. We wasn't middle class. We was poor. Mm. But uh, I like to visit the older people and w- and listen to them talk to me about the Lord. So that's what I want my grandchildren. I have 18 grandbabies. Oh, boy. And I want my grandchildren. I have a blended family. I want my grandchildren to, uh, if I'm not available, you know, seek who they need to seek, but seek for wisdom and understanding. You have a character in the book, uh, Deacon, is it By Deacon By? Is that uh, the correct name? Is that a real person, or is that one that is a blended uh, idea or concept from creativity? Uh, no, sir. Um, uh, Deacon By, um, the name is made up, but the character is uh, a real character, and that was my uncle, he's deceased. Ah, and TikTok Baptist Church, I'm guessing, might be a fictitious church name or one that uh, is yet to be uh, founded. Is that also correct? 
Uh, yes, sir. The name TikTok uh, Baptist Church is a uh, made-up name. Uh, the church I attended was Antioch Missionary Baptist Church. You have some wonderful and, illustrations in your book. Did uh, did you personally uh, put those in, or how did you go about illustrating the book? Uh, I had to purchase uh, illustration uh, from, um, at the time, um, you know, when you first start your first book, you really don't know everything you need to do. And so I purchased illustration. And the length of time, most most uh, authors, some I've talked to some authors that it's taken ten or fifteen years to get a book uh, completed where they're happy with it. Uh, I've uh, done some music in my lifetime, and I'm always looking back and thinking I need to tweak something or change something. Did any of that take place in the creation of this book? How long did it take to get uh, the story, the the written story, uh, completed? Well, Mister Jay, when you uh, live by the Holy Spirit. Are you talking you're to me? The Holy... Yes, sir. When you led by oh, the yes. Holy Spirit, yes. I was led by the Holy Spirit. And it didn't take me as long as people think. Um, God uh, promised me that he would, the Holy Spirit would lead me because I'm, I'm, I'm that type of person. I'm not perfect. And I didn't feel like I was smart enough to write a book. Hmm. But as but long as you, when you led by the Holy Spirit, God said all things are possible. Okay, and yes, sir, and it didn't. It really didn't take uh, long um, to write the book, but he has also blessed me to do others also. Have you Have you always had the desire to be a sharer of uh, of not only your faith and your testimony, but also uh, to be an author? Has that been something that uh, was you know hidden maybe in your talents and and one that uh, took a while to get uh, revealed? Uh, Mister J, uh, we have a path. I had a path. We all have a path that we must follow. And the path that God had chose for me growing up and after I got grown, I didn't follow it. I chose to take the wrong way. And because I took the wrong way, I took the wrong way. I didn't go where the Lord wanted me to go. I was hard-headed. <laughs> I was hard-headed. Mm-hmm. So I chose the wrong way. And by me cho- choosing the wrong path, then it took me a while to get back to what God has for me. So God always had this in the plan for my life. I talked to the Lord, and this is the plan he had for me. But because I chose the wrong way, it took me longer to get to where he wanted me to go. Mm. But if I would have chose the right way, probably would have had books everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting I'm getting from that that you might feel inspired to to do a follow up book to Aunt Mitty goes to church. Is that uh, something also that might be in the works? Uh, yes, sir. I have um, right now. I have Aunt Mitty goes to uh, Aunt Mitty first day of school already published, uh, but it's um, uh, I have Aunt Mitty yellow dress, Aunt Mitty yellow Easter dress uh, is in the process. I have. Ain't Mitty Summer Vacation in the process. I have Ain't Mitty and the uh, Lola the Baby Chick in process. Hmm. And I have TJ the Whale in process of getting published. 
Well, it sounds like you're having fun also. I mean, you you certainly have a joyful sound to your voice and lilt. Uh, there must be a an underlying message. What was the one thing that you want your children that read this book and maybe your grandkids, what do you want them to take away from Aunt Mitty Goes to Church? Well, what I want them to know, always focus on the Lord. You don't have to be, he wants you, God wants you. He wants us in our youth. He, don't, he didn't like me, I waited till I got older. And I, want, I drew closer to the Lord. But God wants, he wants us in our youth, he wants to use us in our youth. Because, you know, he made us for his purpose. He wants us to do his will. So, in your youth, worship God, focus on the Lord, be obedient, and know as long as you follow the Lord, you won't go wrong. And he's going to lead you to the plan he has for your life. And like me, I had to take the long way around. But you're making up better than sacrifice. Absolutely, and you're you're making up for for lost time. Obviously, yes, the the, sir. Bu- the book is well written. Have you been able to share it with uh, you know someone besides family members and and uh, received any type of uh, response from from the from the story and from the uh, illustrations? Has that happened yet? Uh, not really. I'm in the process. Uh, Getting ready to do some things, yes, sir. Wonderful. Well, Lord is leading me to do some awesome things. I, I think this will be a, a fun book for children and, and grandparents and parents alike. Uh, it has a, a very uh, charming look to it. The illustrations are wonderful. And uh, I'm delighted that you have taken this creative talent and inspiration and are expanding on it. The title of this yes, book sir. is Aunt Mitty, M-I-T-T-I-E, Goes to Church. And my author has been Melinda Marie Moore Johnson. Melinda, where can my listeners get a copy of your book? Uh, they can purchase them at Amazon.com, or they can get to um, purchase them from Author House. Wonderful. That's and and uh, with the amount of books that you're writing, I'm assuming, or at least surmising there may be a uh, maybe a web page or a website in the future and uh, they can search under your name melinda marie and uh, last name is hyphenated moore johnson and uh, can locate you there or maybe by doing a web search under aunt mitty m-i-t-t-i-e and uh, the subtitle goes to church so uh, wonderful congratulations on completing this and best of luck in the future I hope this goes well for you and I uh, would recommend this to grandparents and parents alike they'll enjoy the read and also uh, the, the illustrations that you've included in there thank you for joining me today yes sir Mr. Jay my pleasure for Author Talk this is Jay Douglas Barker you're listening to Author Talk we'll be back right after these messages have you heard The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. 
and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is The Lilypad and the Dragonfly. And joining me from near Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the United States of America, is author or co-author of this book, and that is Heidi Mengus. Thank you for joining me today. You are so very welcome. This book is actually not something that you uh, personally created, although you did create it. There's, there's a, there's a co-optive uh, author involved in this. Share a little of the story of Arden L. Johnson, who is the uh, actual author of this book. Well, actually, he took this um, story from a poem and kind of enhanced it. And he used to, he was a pastor, so he used to tell it a lot at funerals, especially if he knew children were going to be present. So at his funeral, I actually, he had recorded it on cassette tape, and I played it at his funeral, and someone said, you really need to do something with that. So I took it from there and um, had it put to a CD and had it put to music and then went ahead and got together with an illustrator and um, told my story and put it to words, and then from there had it published and... That was a little over eight years ago, and here we are. The book is beautifully illustrated. It's 24 pages or so, and the story of the dragonfly, what was the genesis of that? What was the reason behind his sharing that story, and and what does it represent? Well, what it represents is kind of um, our life here on Earth. The waterbed would be us as human beings, and the dragonfly is that of an angel. And here on Earth, we're in a shell. And um, it talks about this water bug who notices that his numbers are diminishing. And he promises his friends that if it ever happens to him, he'll return to the lily pad and tell him what happened. Well, it happens to him and he ends up exploring and he comes to rest on a beautiful rose. And he remembers the promise that he made to his lady or water bug friends. And he returns to the edge of the lily pad and says, looks down at them and just says, I can't tell you, you're just going to have to wait your turn. It's so wonderful. So the message is that God has something very wonderful planned for us. If he can take care of dragonflies, if he can turn a caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly, won't he take care of us when our time here on earth passes? So it's just to give comfort um, when someone loses someone that they love and care, and also to help us get through this thing we call life that we have to rest on hope that we can't touch or taste or feel or taste that things are going to be okay and as a pastor that was something he dealt with i'm sure on a regular basis with family members and and church family members that uh, were going through what what, what we call transition i guess the way he has approached this is something that would be something that would communicate well with a younger audience obviously this is 24 pages and beautifully beautifully illustrated but that's not the only age range that will benefit from the story is that a, a right way to describe this I would say, I know I've had a lot of people ask me, well, what's the age? Um, And I say anywhere from two to 102. It's really the message in the story, even though it's kind of illustrated more for children. um, 
it's good for all ages. In his writing or telling this this story of the dragonfly and, and also the ladybug and how they interact, besides the spiritual message that is there, what is the underlying reason that he wanted to share this story? I think it is so that you can have hope and not have to fear death, because some people do fear that, and that we don't have to fear, because... Um, God, quote-unquote, took the beasting. He died for us so that we would have eternal life, so there, we don't need to be fearful. Will this book be of comfort to primarily people of faith, or do you think there are others that will find this comforting? I think others would find it comforting as well. In putting this together, the actual author or the, the originator of the story, Arden L. Johnson, passed away back in uh-huh. 2008, if I understand things correctly. How long did this, this story germinate before you decided to put it in book form? Probably about eight to nine months it took me. Yeah. I kind of started shortly after and just exploring the options, so probably about nine months. Is this the only book in the series? Is there an extended, I would call it a ministry, that you have developed because of this? Um, Currently at this time, this is the only book, but I have thought about um, writing others, coffee table books, gifting books, that sort of thing. And your purpose is to to inspire (laughs) Um, and and bring comfort? Correct. What do you think of, of the illustrations? Were those something that you created personally, or did you find an artist that was able to interpret the story in a way that you were comfortable with? Yeah, I had a uh, very dear friend of mine who is an artist, um, Kim Wall. She worked with me, but she made it my story, so she would have me sketch or how I envisioned it to be. So we met several times, and she would sketch things, and she would say, it's your story. It's how, how do you envision this? How do you see this? So she really took everything out of me. It wasn't her interpretation. It was my interpretation of how I viewed it. And how long did it take to complete all of the elements of the book? Probably in about four to five months, because then I had to have it um, registered with the Library of Congress and go through all that, and I had to get a copyright on the book, and then I also got a copyright on the illustrations to protect him and protect myself. And were there challenges beyond the sketching and the outlining of the story that you weren't anticipating that you had to overcome? Not Particularly, not particularly. What is the one thing you hope to achieve besides selling lots of books? I mean, that's why we're talking today. We're hoping to get people interested in this, but I'm guessing that grandparents would love this book. But what is your hope? My hope is just that, and this has already actually happened. I, I, the reason why I went ahead and wrote the book and produced the CD was that if it could bring comfort to one person um, during a time of need or a time of sorrow, then I felt like I had accomplished my goal, and it's brought comfort to um, hundreds it's not thousands. So that makes me happy. That's beautiful. Beautiful testimonial and, and a wonderful mm-hmm. legacy for Arden L. Johnson, the pastor who uh, who came up with this concept. And he, he explains it in a very simple way, and the way you've interpreted it mm-hmm. also is one that's visually attractive and also comforting to, to the reader. I was mentioning to you, I have a family member that's going through something very similar to this and, and uh, would have uh, been comforted by a book of this type. What is the, the long long-term goal. Are you enjoying the the aspect of being an author or a co-author enough that perhaps there may be another book in the future? Yes, I am. I thoroughly enjoy it. 
Beautiful. The title of this book, The Lily Pad and the Dragonfly, it's a story of spiritual enlightenment as told by Arden L. Johnson. And my guest who has shared her insight into this story and has been productive in getting this to press is Heidi L. Mengus. Heidi, where do my listeners get a copy of this book? They can get it at www.thelilypadandthedragonfly at authorhouse.com. Is this the primary website uh, that you have? Um, Correct. Wonderful. Or I can be reached, and I can ship it out directly, um, Heidi Mingus, and 952-857-9192. Or I can be contacted at H, D as in David, Mingus, M-E-N-G-I-S, at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, hopefully my listeners will latch on to that address and get in contact with you and maybe even share some stories that you could pass along yeah. to someone else and encourage Absolutely. them. Wonderful. Again, the title of the book, The Lily Pad and the Dragonfly. Listeners, you can also request this from your local bookseller by name and also by the author Arden L. Johnson or Heidi Mengis, M-E-N-G-I-S. Heidi, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Yes, and best you so of luck. Much. Would love to visit with you in the future should there be a follow-up book. All right. Great. You have a great day. Thank you again. For Author Talk, this is J. Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of this book of poetry, I Finally Listened, a book of poetry. And the poet is Therese Wilson. And Therese joins us now on Author Talk. <clears throat> Hold on, let me do that again. <laughs> <laughs> My voice cracked there. And Therese joins. Ho- Hold on. <laughs> and Therese joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Therese. Hi. Well, great to have you with us, and we're looking forward to you sharing with us some of your poems. And this book is uh, kind of a, what would you call it? I mean, it covers a lot of different subjects, and and how do you sum up your book? <laughs> I, I think you just did. Um, I In the foreword, I, I tell how, when I was a, a young woman, I stopped writing poetry. Different things happened in my life. I was uh, date raped and that kind of thing. But uh, and I just got busy with life. But I would lay down at night, and the first line or two of a poem would come to me, and and I would say, "Oh, I'm going to remember this in the morning," and I never did. On 
Chinese New Year's Eve. I was living in Taiwan, and the same thing was happening. Only this time, that voice that's us but isn't us said, no, no, you're not going to remember it in the morning. Get up and start writing. And so I did, and the poetry poured out of me. Uh, memories from the past, feelings from the past, feelings of uh, caused by my spiritual uh, growth and, and things I was delving into at the time, and it just came to me. And of course, life's events, like my father's death, brought about the on death section and, and that kind of stuff, but uh, it was just time for it to come out. And the book itself was uh, initially never intended to be published for anyone but me, my family, uh, and I wanted my great-great-grandkids to have some knowledge of of me and, and and some spiritual basis that I could pass along. And then I had people telling me uh, I had to really, really publish it. And so I did, and that was the, I finally listened. I finally listened to the voice telling me to to write. I finally listened to the people telling me I had to really publish it. Your questions, your fears, your joy, your highs, your lows, uh, that's what this is. It's, uh, as you put it, it, it's just a whole understanding of your life and your relationship with God expressed through your writing. Yeah, pretty much. Because there are definitely times when I, I will sit and write and get back to it, oh, let's say a month or so later. And when I write it, I usually walk away from it for a period of time. And I'll go back and go, whoa, <laughs> where the heck did that come from? That's pretty good. And a number of sections. One, in fact, I'll read them. The Ancients Speak on Being Human to Humanity, For Me But Not Entirely, Love, Revealing and Healing My Child About Death, God, Goddess, and then Little Treat Poems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it covers obviously a, a, a quite a breadth and depth of your life. Yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, it, it was uh, <laughs> if I was a, uh, a, 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 a what's the word uh, a published author from the time I was young and recognized my talent and and put it out there from the time I was young. You now I, I see these other people with their little cute poetry books. I, I just kind of slammed it all in there. But the majority of, of, of those poems came uh, probably in the first year, year and a half after I actually uh, started writing, although it took me about five years to gather them all together. And, of course, I continued to write during that whole time. Well, let's take a moment here and have you read one of your favorites and then make a comment about how that poem came about. Hmm... Well, I I do have one that's one of my favorites. Um, I was watching uh, a, Oprah has given me people that have inspired me uh, on occasion, and I was watching Oprah one day, and she had someone who someone uh, uh, wrote a book called Half the Sky, and it's about uh, women, uh, the half of the world that that, that isn't. Uh, being recognized, and of course, being a woman and a woman of my particular age who's gone through the '60s and still sees the progress not only our country has to make but around the world, uh, it, it touched me deeply. So I wrote a poem called "Half," uh, if I may. Uh, women hold up half the sky. 
truth such truth. Though perceived as weak, beaten down, raped and reviled on this earth, still, still they hold up their half of the sky. For the sky with nothing between touches the dirt. A woman's lifeless body silently separates firmament from terra firma. A woman's beaten body majestically lifts the sky off the ground as she rises, bringing with her an offering from Mother Earth, a still gentle message of remembering, calling all to see what should and in time shall no longer be. Well, very well said, and it always amazes me with this form of writing how it just kind of focuses you. You know, it focuses the reader, the listener, and you feel things. You feel things. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I read it, I do. And, of course, coming from a woman's point of view, my poetry obviously demonstrates that. But I've had men read it, too, and, and get the same message and or begin to understand a little what the woman's message is that's more universal than they initially think. Right. Well, give us another one. Have an, let's give you have another you, one. Yes, hmm. read another one, one of your favorites that really... One of my uh, favorites. That had a okay. profound impact okay. on you, too, as after you wrote it. <laughs> oh, had an impact on me, too. <laughs> well, this one... Uh, uh, okay, now, this is one that's a little long. May I? Sure. Okay. Uh, another one uh, Oprah-inspired was Elie Wiesel was on, on Oprah. And uh, I heard him speak of the things he'd witnessed, and when he was asked the lesson he thought humanity could or should learn from the events of the Holocaust, uh, he, he said he didn't know what lessons, since we had all known even before those times that we shouldn't harm one another. And and he said that, he kept saying, and yet, and yet these things continue. And so I wrote the poem, and yet. The pain of those like me seems so small in comparison to those who have visible, palpable burdens to bear. How can I possibly complain? And yet, how can I not? The pain of Holocaust so great seems to erase my right to pain, and yet I still feel it. And yet, if we have perceived lesser burden bury and deny our right to feel our little pain, do we not bury that same part that feels your great pain? Is not this world that denies feeling in small yet important portions also denying itself of its right to witness that very same great pain? Did that denial of the right to experience small, personal pain allow the cancer of the great pains to arise. Perhaps the lessons of those monstrous pains is to listen to ourselves first. Listen and allow our own pain. Perhaps if we recognize our own small hells, we can then see them in others and witness and nurture the small needs before they fester, turning our world to poison. So, and yet... My small pain, your small pain, is great enough pain if it causes to be created a balm of love, of witness to God in all, 
not separated by not understanding how great pain exists. And now we must learn there is no pain which must exist. We must become determined as one being human to remember the way we ignored the small, judging it insignificant, creating the horrible, magnificent, and never allow any further hurt, confused, and plaintive, and yet. Yes, and yet, pain, what a, obviously, a very a sharp-edged word that we all relate to. I want to read a review of one of your followers. She said, A poetic and colorful journey into the depths of the human soul. Therese Wilson manages in a refreshing, straightforward language to capture both the grandeur and simplicity of life and love. Let yourself be touched and moved. And that poem is one of those ones I read later and went, oh, wow. Because it, it, it's, and, and that's kind of why one of the sections and all the poems actually are, are for others and yet for me, I, I have to learn all these things over and over again to remember them and, and remember my divinity as well. The title of this book of poetry, I Finally Listened, a book of poetry, and we've been talking to the poet, Therese Wilson. Therese, what's the best way to get your book? Uh, pretty simple. Author House, obviously. <laughs> and uh, Amazon and uh, what's those other ones? All the other ones. <laughs> it's available yeah. everywhere. Barnes and, and Noble and, and, and all the other ones. Barnes yeah. and Noble. That's the B one I was trying to think of. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I do have a little website called poetrybyt.com. PoetryByT.com. Well, thank you, Therese, for being with us and joining us on Author Talk. Thank you very much.